0: Several years ago, I went to one of your shows and you shared like a personal story about how um, and you might need to correct my details, but how (laughs) sure (laughs) uh, how at the time every year you would get your toenails painted to remember your friend who had passed. And that really stuck with me because it was so specific and touching. And also at the time, I was secretly very like secretly and deeply grieving my friend. And it was like, Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: I was like, oh, my God, like someone talked about it out loud. And I, I think I like because no one ever like talks about it. And then it just really touched me deeply and I've never forgotten it. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk about that and maybe correct. Sure. No, no, no,
1: that's totally I mean, it's completely accurate. But but it's it's also I'll, I'll back up into like I'll tell that story and then that will probably be a, a leaping off point. But um I think that for that particular friend who is a who is a, a guy named Mike Enriquez, uh I think that there's like a lot of uh improv community sort of um mm-hmm. built around appreciating ap- appreciating him and mm-hmm. you know, it's just the you know, the considering how ephemeral everything is in improv,
0: there's mm-hmm.
1: less of there's clearly less of a tangible legacy that gets behind for like the truly great people oh, and so yeah I think that that in Mike's case there is actually more orientation to talk about him um, just because he he had such an outsized impact on like so many of us and mm-hmm. such a sort of a, a group of people within a generation of improvisers that Mm-hmm. that I think that, that like part of the way that like w- we cope with it is by talking about him a lot and doing mm-hmm. things and celebrating him because, um, cause he deserves all that. His yeah. like, pivotally influential on all of us. And he, so essentially there was a, uh, he got cancer in his, uh, late thirties, early forties, early forties. I think he was mm-hmm. in his early forties when he passed away. And, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that we did he loved pride and so one of the things mm-hmm. that 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 in his final year that happened was a group of folks got together for pride and petties which was like going to pinky's nails uh Aww. on south part part yeah. uh southport before pride and uh everybody getting their nails done and then going to watch pride and so after he passed away, that just kind of became a tradition of everybody that sort of was, you know, that loved him and was in this group of people would go annually to Pinky's Nails, uh, to the Pinky's Nail Salon and drink and sort of commemorate him and check in on each other because we weren't seeing each other necessarily all that much. And it was a way for us all to, you know, come together and, you know, primarily commemorate Mike, so folks that, you know, yeah. lived out of town on, you know, on other coasts would target that as a, as a reason to come in. And so we would all get our, uh, we'd all get our pedicures. Some folks would get manicures, but mostly as a pedicure thing, and uh, (laughs) you know, drink our mimosas and whatever. And, and, and reconnect with, with each other. And so it's the pride and petty. I mean, with, obviously with the pandemic, we it's been probably three years since I've been to one, but, and it's, sometimes it's like, Oh, this is the only time of year that I see, A person or two that I really really like And we're able to kind of Reconnect so it's a you know it's in a funny Way it's like A thing that he keeps giving to us Even while he's gone you know Um Which is uh which is Very reflective of who he was As a person you know he's an enormously Giving person that was Just a huge positive Influence um Mm -hmm. On all of us
0: yeah, may I ask, like, um, how you all were connected to him? Like, were you on an improv team together? Or how-
1: yeah, um, he was the f- he was the very first coach of the the team Revolver that I was on at I.O. Oh, yeah, I love so,
0: Revolver. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, well, and he's really the reason that we were ever any good. Uh, he's, wow. like, our first, was our first Herald coach, um, was the person that kind of, like, taught us what it was, you know, like, what it was what it meant to be on a Herald team and Mm -hmm. kind of taught us both kind of like the, the societal aspects of it uh, and like Mm -hmm. how you have to have a a degree of kind of responsibility and commitment to the thing to make it work uh, and sort of set a standard for that and was really influential that way. But also he was an enormously gifted technical mind. And so there's a giant coaching tree of folks out there that sprung from that team that are oh, wow. teachers, coaches, you know, uh, influential improvisers. Uh, that I think many of us, if not all of us, would sort of say, "Well, yeah, he's he's the reason I understand these things the way that I do. He's the I understand how to do this particular form of improv, uh, and it's influenced." how I think about improv in general because of this man. And um, I think that, you know, if you talk to, if you, if you talk to many of us still, you know um, Mm -hmm. whether that's myself or Farrell or Louie or Adel or Rob Mm -hmm. White or, you know, lots of folks that are no longer in the city um, Mm -hmm. that have gone on to other things um, specifically from our team, um, but also kind of from, you know, from just I/O around that period of time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we still I think that w- when we have like technical conversations, we're we're invoking Mike's name all the time. You know, it's he's he's woven into us. He's such a massively joyful person that to kind of like have him in the the joyful parts of our lives still. Mm-hmm you know is uh it, it just indicates like what a gift he gave us when he was here
0: wow like know it's
1: intense <laughs> you
0: no know, yeah and it's so special like I'm just thinking about how being connected on an improv team kind of it really connects you to the core like I don't know. I, I feel that way about art in general but, and especially like art that involves like collaborating with other people but you just kind of zip straight to the core with other people more than in like regular life. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I, I totally agree. You know, I, yeah. For, for me it's a thing that I wind up saying um, when I'm teaching classes and and we're, we're in that class where we sort of wind up talking about like why or why you know mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, for me, I feel like the most, I feel the most like myself when I'm improvising. And it's not because mm-hmm. I'm actually sort of um, extroverted at all. I'm an introverted person, but I feel like mm-hmm. the most uh, like actualized when I have the opportunity to like be connecting with people. I feel the most myself um, when I'm with an ensemble I trust and I'm making mm-hmm. those connections with other people you know i still feel like inside myself but more expressive and more like yeah present that it's a it's a strange feeling you know like when i'm truly truly alone i feel like a reduced version of myself Mm -hmm. even though it's where i get my my energy from and like the perfect state of equilibrium is kind of to be with myself with other people that i'm connecting to as if they're it's that whole social mm. prosthetic network thing.
0: Interesting. Cause I've been thinking about that a lot lately.
1: Where I, oh yeah. I
0: think, I think so. Like I, I get so deep that I'm like, when I'm by myself, Am I myself? <laughs> like, do I need other people to be me? Like, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like really? And then it just kind of—I tr- just like get so overwhelmed. I'm like, oh my god, that's so big of a question. I
1: <laughs> well, I think you know, it's like I don't want to be. I'm afraid that I am who I who I'm. Mm. I'm afraid that the person I am is the person when I'm totally by myself, mm. which is the reduced version of me. What I hope oh. is that I am the version of myself. Uh, that feels the best, which is the version of myself that is networking yeah. in in a in a in a social pod with mm-hmm. uh with other people, you know? And I, I don't know. I mean it's it's that that whole social prosthetic thing was is like uh I think Stephen Coslin is the guy's name. He just wrote an essay in in, in the in an edge um question thing like 15 years ago but he was basically mm-hmm. like hey you know we we use uh, other people as social prosthetics like like a physical prosthetic um, like a you know a crutch or whatever or like a mm-hmm. intellectual prosthetic like a calculator or a computer like we use other folks as these the social prosthetics where they help us they might store information for us or help us process emotion or whatever but they kind of like yeah help us um you know help us execute like our humanity and so that that like i've become like a really big believer in that notion where like identity is actually a network of people you know like Mm. your identity is like a cluster and and what you know one of the things that i think that he sort of implies if not outright says there is that like we our identity includes can include those folks that we lost you know and by Mm -hmm. like sort of actively maintaining esteem or recognition of like what was special for them like we managed to kind of like carry up a a piece of their identity with us you know it's like we're all sort of like mimetically affecting each other all the time Mm -hmm. um Which is why I think it's really important or like why I'm really happy that it is such a part of the language of of this particular group of people that uh, Mm -hmm. love this particular friend as much as we did um, and do that like he's still so uh, present in the way that we express to one another.
0: we need community like we have to to yeah. like be to survive to be happy all these things i've been reading books about it um and and thinking about it a lot and um i'm just like it makes me really emotional like hearing about how you have this great community around your grief because it's so different when it's not there um yeah and I you yeah, because it the the memory feels less alive because you don't have that synergy in the group like you're talking about, and then it almost feels like it's on my shoulders to keep this person's memory alive, even <laughs> though that's obviously not true. Uh, it just it just feels very disconnected, um, and I don't have people to bounce memories off of. So then I'm over time. I'm like, is this memory even true? And I start to like feel crazy. So yeah, I don't know. I just. It's just um hearing about the community around this loss and like how you guys remember together is really beautiful
1: <laughs> well, good, good yeah I, I want people I you know, I want people to know the idea of Mike, you know, so and I think we all do because our our general feeling is gratitude. We're thankful that like he he affected us. I think in the as a community, so that like the opportunity for sort of the reciprocation that you're talking about
0: mm-hmm. to kind of
1: like reinforce and maybe purify like our feelings about him is
0: mm-hmm. is
1: really available. But I, I think that might be another thing that's like special, special about like the good side of improv. You know, like it's mm-hmm. far from being a utopian environment. You know, it's any other artistic community where there's where there's plenty of ugly terrible things as well but
0: Mm
1: -hmm. there's there are at least utopian ideals embedded in it which lets us be really appreciative about those things that are good or like the good in people often Mm -hmm. and lets us kind of um give due attention to those folks that we've lost you know i mean i i think that that it probably is it's a strange thing for me to cognate because i I kind of feel like you know the ephemerality of improv is like even me someone who like has been around chicago for a long time and has done a lot of stuff my expectation is kind of that like nobody really knows who i am because there's this you know churn and i'm not places that i was before and like so it's very easy to feel like a quality of um invisible uh like passage right but mm-hmm. when i but at the same time when I observe how we how we do talk about the folks that we have lost you know h- having just recently lost Noah for example you know it's oh, yeah. like um p- people are are extremely diligent it seems to me there there are enough like there's enough like really quality artists involved here in Chicago that the amount of diligence about like kind of paying due and recognizing influence and recognizing like what people have done to make the community improved. You know, Mike, probably most of all, because it's because of the way that, that we wind up having conversations and the way that he's so influenced the, w- the way that this particular pod of people conducts themselves. Mm-hmm. That happens most of all, of all, but there's plenty of times where, you know, certainly even before we lost Noah, but then certainly after him, where Noah comes up as a reference point where it's not about like, oh, we lost Noah, but like, here's something Noah said. Here's Mm -hmm. something that I got from Noah, you know, that like the very, like, more like an active thing rather than something that it is like something that has passed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I know that like that comes up with Jason Chin a lot, too. You know, there's these figures Mm -hmm. like that, um, people like that. Or even, you know, uh, there's an improviser I really, really liked um, that passed away within the last few years named Anne O'Neill that I I never even really knew her I just really liked how she played right yeah and I'm feel I feel like should conversation turn I would still talk about that person in terms of their gifts and what I learned watching them Mm -hmm. you know without compunction so I'm glad to be you know i'm glad that this is my tribe right yeah. <laughs> it's like it's created a a a good environment for me to celebrate the fallen you know
0: yeah and that like ephemeral nature also really sticks with me that you you mentioned that a couple times and that's something that's like really beautiful and also really kind of tragic about it like after every show i would do It would kind of be like a mini death because I'd be like, "Well, we're never gonna see that ever again." Yeah, yeah. And if it was bad, I'm like, "Good, (laughs) we're never gonna see that ever again." (laughs) Sure,
1: sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, and and in in like connection to, it's it's funny because it's it's like, just like life, like life is also just as ephemeral. Like every conversation, every interaction is a mini death and, and that you're like, well, that's never going to happen exactly like that ever again. Yeah. And, and, if, and then it's still like, has this cumulative effect. So it's like, even though we'll never necessarily be able to see a show that Noah or Mike or Anne have done, unless it's recorded, you still like, remember the feeling that you had when you watched them or like, things that they taught you. So I don't know. I just think that that connection is interesting. And maybe that's why the improv community seems so powerful. Cause it's kind of like a reflection of life in a way. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, that's what I say. It's uh, when I'm trying to, t- I'm trying to tell people, you know, you're not writing jokes. You're just, you're running hyperbolic models of life. So yeah. behave like you're really living, you know? And, and, and I agree. Like it's, it is those two seemingly contradictory things going on all the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's why it's awesome because it's bittersweet right like you yeah. just you and I I think the thing that that you're talking about there is like um the emotional surge that happens with remembering or like it's it, and it's not reproducible um by uh sharing information with someone who is outside the room you know
0: yeah it does not work I've tried it <laughs>
1: yeah it doesn't it's it's like because it's not it's non-informational you know information is like the cosmetics of it that helps us evoke the feeling but it's really about the feeling and Mm -hmm. so like that's the that's the thing that that um that is like you know saying a few key words to recollect something that happened in a show and having everybody that was there feel it and so Mm -hmm. clearly feel it uh Mm -hmm. whereas everybody who is not there is just like, I don't understand why you'd care. This is just nonsense. You know? (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's kind of like, Oh, it's a, it is. It's such a, it's so sad that I can't actually convey this feeling to you. Um, I know, but it's so happy that I can conjure this feeling that I, that I was lucky enough to have the experience to conjure the feeling. And mm-hmm. I, I guess it's, you know, it that, that feels like that m- might be sort of a, a microcosm of a larger pattern, you know, based on the way that our conversation is going, right? It's like mm-hmm. you feel so much pain from not having access to it anymore and not being able to convey exactly what it meant to you, to someone else. Yeah. But the feeling is still available to you, which is both mm-hmm. wonderful and torturous, right? So.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, if I were to explain to you or you were to explain to me, like, oh my gosh, like my friend was so funny and he would say this, and this, and this, I would be like, oh my gosh, like I would be like, I'd be like, that's so cool, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't get it a hundred, you know, I wouldn't totally get it.
1: You could have empathy Uh, for my feelings, but you couldn't feel what I felt, you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. So
1: maybe that's more sympathy. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. Maybe I could feel sympathy, but not empathy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or I can get a general sense of it, but yeah, it's like you can't recreate it really. And that is, but in a way it's like by the ripple effect of his art still alive in your art. And that way I am feeling it.
1: That's my hope. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's kind of like why it's important to me is that like, I'm not going to be able to primary source, give you a sense of what it was like to be with Mike but Mike Mm -hmm. changed me in a way that makes me absorb him and be be more like him. And so his influence, like I will pass on his beliefs through my own lens. And Mm -hmm. some of that may change as a result of me or get missed because of me, but some of it will be exactly him. And so sharing like, you know sharing the sharing that is like really important Mm -hmm. you know and not as kind of like a historical biography of like someone that was amazing who was but rather like what the essence of that person was you know it's like by me being with you in the way that i have been affected it's the best representation of what i got from him
0: Thanks for listening. Friends Missing Friends is produced by me, Hannah Rumsey, with co-producer Sidney Bauer. Original music is by Eric Siegling, featuring The Lost Wayne. Artwork is by Heidi James. If you have a moment, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we can cherish and remember the friends we miss. I'll see you soon.